0: Welcome to the 4Check Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. Okay, it is time for the second round. The Predators defeated the Avalanche in the first round in six games, as I predicted. And they are ready to take on the Winnipeg Jets. To help us talk about this and much more regarding the Nashville Predators, my guest today is the culture editor of the Nashville Scene and co-host of the It's All Your Fault podcast. Her name is Megan Sealing. How are you doing, Megan?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing very good. Uh, I was a very nervous fan uh, over these last few days, as I'm sure you were as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that Colorado series. But before we do that, um, give people a, a taste for where you are in the Preds, Preds fan base. How did you become a Predators fan? Are you from Nashville? Where did you, How did you get onto this uh, crazy boat ride that we're all on together?
1: I actually am not from Nashville. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest um, in Seattle. Um, for most of my my adult life and like a suburb of Seattle when I was a kid. Um, And I married a Nashvillian. That's how I became a Predators fan. Um, Yeah, I followed hockey a little bit up in in the Northwest. Like we have the Everett Silver Tips. Uh, a junior league team, um, and they came around when I was in my late teens, early twenties, and um, and that was something that my friends and I would go to Silver Tips games, even though we didn't like follow hockey that much, mm-hmm. just because it was something to do. Um, and it never really occurred to me because Seattle didn't have an NHL team to get into an NHL team at all uh so when i started dating a nashvillian who was in seattle and homesick for nashville um he would start watching preds games and he had followed them when he was a kid and stuff too uh, and i was like oh yeah this hockey thing i could i, I like that <laughs> so yeah uh, and it turns out uh nhl players much better at hockey than junior league <laughs> players um so i was like oh so this is what it's like to watch them when they're not falling down all the time um not the junior league or, or or minor leagues are bad but it was just so much more. It's a world. It was so, it's a it was very different. Yeah. And, yeah it was very different. And like, and you know, like the closest team we had in Seattle were the Vancouver Canucks um, and which was just far enough away to like, you know, it wasn't really, you know, I was a broke early 20 something kid. I couldn't like go up to Canucks games or anything. So, um, but yeah, so started watching Preds games with him and um, got real into it. And, and then when we finally, we moved down to Nashville um it was like oh cool now I'm in a hockey city um and then yeah. it really the fandom really kind of took off but I was still like writing about them and and following them like in Seattle um back when like it was kind of cute to be a Freds fan you right, know right
0: right right <laughs> what was your uh, this might be putting you on the spot a little bit but I'm, I'm assuming you've been to, to games what was your first first game you actually went to in person The first
1: game was, I I do, yeah, it was against the Red Wings. And I forget the year. I looked it up because I wrote about it last year um, because it was a shootout. Like, this was still, they were, they still had blue uniforms. Shea Weber wasn't captain yet. um, And it was, like, I don't know, I want to say, like, a 10 round shootout or something it was crazy it was one of those I things. i remember where my husband, this like yeah like and we weren't married at the time we were still dating and he was just like let's go to nashville i want you to meet my friends down there and we'll go to a Preds game while we're there and i was just hooked like i already liked hockey at that point but he was like this never happens you know yeah um and it just kept going on and on and then the pres lost but it was still one of those things that was like, cool. So this is, this is what I'm into now. Um, just cause it was so amazing to watch it. Um, so I think and that yeah, that was, cheap oh, seats and, sorry. <laughs> yeah. It was just a lot of fun. So yeah, I just stuck with it. I but, yeah, think it was, that was like, I forget the year.
0: I think it was 2010. I think it was 2010. Maybe, uh, that, that seems, that sounds right. Maybe 2010 2009, or 2010. 2011.
1: Okay. Maybe nine. Yeah. Yeah. It was a while ago. Um, But yeah, that was my first game in person. That's a great, that's a great Um, game to go to. And then I still lived in Seattle at the time. Yeah, right? Uh, Still lived in Seattle at the time. So, so didn't go to another game for, for a while after that. But as soon as we moved down to Nashville, became season ticket holders, um, or at least partial season ticket holders, um, and, uh, and have been going to several games ever since. But yeah, that was a hell of a first game to go to. That was, you know, even though they lost, it was still like, man, that was exciting. (laughs)
0: yeah I, I just want to give I, I like to give our uh, audience an idea of, of of who's on our show because uh you know I'd like to invite other people to talk about the predators or whoever whoever it is we're facing that week and yeah. uh it's important to get some sort of context because not everyone has the same fan story you know not everyone not everyone not everyone has been a, a fan from day one not everyone just came on right. board so it's like you know where do you fit in the spectrum and I think that's that's a uh, I think it's I think it's good to get to know that. But anyways, um, yeah. Let's talk about uh, this particular this particular team and and what's what we just went through. I, 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 we've got to talk about this Colorado series because I predicted. <laughs> <Do we>? <laughs> <laughs> so I predicted the Preds would win in six, and I, I'm yeah. I, I obviously I was right, but if I'm being honest. I was hedging a little bit. I was I was thinking in my mind it was going to go four or five. Thinking if I do six, then I, I look okay and I don't like too much of a homer. But I was a little right. – I was very nervous, especially after Friday night when they lose the way they did. Did this series go the way you thought it would? Is, that, is this what you thought would happen? No.
1: Yeah, no. I was thinking it was going to be five. Um, My prediction going into it before it started, I was like, okay, well, this is going to be fine. We're going to win the first two, uh, obviously, at home. Uh, all along I said that we were going to lose the first Colorado game. Like game three, I was like, cool, we're going to lose game three. That's to be expected. I thought we were going to win game four in a huge blowout and then come home and just seal the deal game five on home ice That was my prediction all along.
0: And you were 10 Um, minutes away from being right.
1: (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. Um, I did not expect what happened on Friday to happen at all, obviously. Um, like, I went to Friday's game, um, and it was just, like, one of those things where we're all looking at each other, because I, I, sit, I sit around a lot of the same people, um, other season ticket holders, and, like, we're just like, what, what's happening? What's happening? <laughs> and even if people thought it was going to go to six games, like, did that make you nervous? Like, yeah. even if you expected them to lose that one, it was still, like, to lose it like that, to lose it so – so blatantly I guess in the last five minutes like they it was just I was losing my mind a little bit it was like it there was, was a, not comforting the, in any way
0: it was like there was a cheat code on the game and it was just like well this is this is how this game has to go and I, I mean yeah I, it was pretty insane because of the way I mean, there was a se- a sequence in the late in the second period and early in the third period where the Predators were just, I mean, they were completely owning the offensive zone. The The Avalanche yeah. had no answers other than Andrew Hammond, and they just couldn't get anything past him. And then when the Nick Benino goal happens, right. it's like, I mean, this is just the law of averages. Like that goal was just kind of pretty lucky. I mean, it was still a great play by Benito, Um and now I can't even remember who passed him the puck. Maybe Fisher, or, or I guess it was Watson. Um, I think it
1: was Watson, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, it was a great play, but it was just kind of like, I mean, eventually a puck like that has to go in, because we've been playing that way. And then just and the luck. craziest yeah. sequence happens with with the game-tying goal, where just three different players just kind of lose their minds, and P.K. Subin's on the ice, and Pecorine's overplaying the puck, and then and then the the game winning goal is just a, yet another another offensive or defensive player pinching up into the zone and not not right. there's no one covering for him, so it was just a, a bad sequence. But anyways, we don't have to worry about that because the Predators went out and just dominated Game yeah. Six. So,
1: yeah, th- I felt so much better. But going into Game Six, I was so nervous because of how they played on Game Five. You know, like I don't know how Ryan Ellis ended up just being on top of Pekka for yeah. that one goal. Like I don't know how that happened. And then like. I was I, – I sit in 305, so I was at the opposite end of the ice when the panino goal score er, happened, and they they weren't showing the replay on the Megatron, and usually that's a sign of like, oh, that's not going to be a goal. Don't show it to them, you know, like because right. they, they challenged it. So I was fully expecting them to take that back um, or to not allow it to be a goal Um I still am not completely sure. I think it was just kind of like you said. I think it was luck that it was a goal, because yeah. um, I could have seen it go either way. Now that I've watched the replay, um, as far as like kicking motion or or off his foot, um, mm-hmm. so yeah. And I think I don't know if the Preds knew that or or what, but they they didn't seem to. It still didn't seem to like. Kick the energy to the level you'd think it would to score in the third period like that. Mm-hmm. Um, after a non scoring game, you'd think that, like, great, now we're going to be a freight train and we're going to be unstoppable, but they still seem to be like, I don't know, and it's kind of bumble around, you know, and like Ellis falls on Pekka, and it's just like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if it was a late start time that threw them off their game day routines, but but yeah, you're right, it's over, but but game six, like. Up until the first – I think like halfway through the first period, I was finally able to say, okay, this is a different team than we saw on Friday. This is fine. Our boys are back. Like, I, this I, is going to be okay. I
0: knew it was a different a, a different game when uh, – or a different team uh, when at the beginning of the second period, Forsberg scores that goal, and it was 3-0, and you just – you saw kind of the life go Because, you, you know, you're up yeah. 2-0, 2-0 after the first period, and then uh, you go into it and you think – I mean – a two nothing lead against Colorado in that series just seemed like nothing, and and then yeah. uh, if if Colorado gets on the board early in the second period, it's a brand new game. Forsberg scoring in the yeah. first thirty eight seconds of the second period was the game changer, I think, because you saw those kind of life kind of die a little bit from the from the Avalanche, and yeah. then, and then Arvidsson has that hit on uh, on Nathan McKinnon, which was amazing. And uh, Nick right. Bonino scores, and then Arvidsson scores that incredible goal he had. So, totally different team, and really makes you hopeful yeah. for the the upcoming series. But um,
1: yeah, I want to. I your mean, kind th- of makes me hopeful. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, we'll Still, talk about I'm just that. Just
1: a nervous hockey fan. Yeah, I know.
0: we'll talk about that. I, actually, yeah. before we leave the Denver thing, I, I want to get your take on this because you being in media, um, mm-hmm. I think that there's there was this weird thing that happened, and uh, what did you think about the extremely contrived rivalry thing that happened with Mark Kisla and Adrian Dater and the Denver media. <laughs> I mean, it was Kisla was yeah. especially, especially bad. His was his was, Dater yeah. was a little bit more understated, but Kisla's was yeah. just obviously very hollow. It was this like just noise, nothing of substance coming out of anything he was saying that article he wrote was just complete trash and and really yeah. wasn't even funny. I mean, it it's one thing if it was like <laughs> clever or unique or, I mean, calling Ryan Johansson the Ripper. It's like what what <laughs> decade did you write this in? How is this right, a burn? Right. I don't know. What did you take? Although what did you, you make of that?
1: Seen pictures of Ryan Johansson with his two bulldogs. Like, yeah, dude is not true. threatening. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. 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 Oh, the avalanche. Um, yeah. The, so I think I talked about this on It's All Your Fault a little bit um, last week, um, but it is sort of like I'm torn because like, like you said, being somebody in the media, I totally understand the pressure to write engaging content, you know, and, and it's one of those things that Nashville has proven to be a super passionate fan base. And um, and like Beauclair, David Beauclair uh, co-hosts the podcast with me. He pointed out, of course, um, like people in Nashville aren't hockey fans; they're Nashville Predators fans. And I think yeah. to to a big extent, that's true. And I, there are tons of hockey fans in Nashville too. Don't get me wrong, but I think there are also a lot of Nashville Predator specifically fans, and and they will defend this team tooth and nail. And uh, like some journalists are starting to pick up on that, you know, um, and it's real easy if you're in the media to be like, well, I need to get clicks. I need to get engagement. I want to make some waves. And all you have to do is go after the passionate fan base, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And like anybody, like any, we've seen it with other media too, just writing anything about Nashville is getting people's attention. Like write about all the bachelorette parties here, um, you know, and it will get tons of clicks and tons of reaction. and, um, And so like, it's, I, I think it's a little lazy. Cause like you said, it wasn't even really funny. Um, and I'm all for like, like rivalries and I, you know, like the scene has done stuff in the past last playoff season. We had a like, here's your guide to hating the Chicago Blackhawks, you know? Um, like it, it, it's okay to have some fun with it. And I'm sure. all for that. I think it makes the playoffs more exciting, but yeah, it was like you said, it wasn't, it wasn't funny. And like, I feel like that guy was, more um especially mark um i forget is that K- Kis- i think is how
0: you pronounce it K- yeah, Kisla. yeah yeah
1: thank you um especially his stuff it just seemed really mean-spirited but also in a way where it was like completely ego-driven like he wasn't even hiding the fact that he was just like really loving all the attention it got him like he would retweet all of the people that like right. were like criticizing him and stuff and like correcting their grammar and it's like <laughs> you're just a you're just a tr- like a twitter troll yeah. with a byline dude like mm-hmm. it's just real lazy to me And and I, and I and i get it like um i have also written stuff where it's like where you like poke fun or whatever and i've been a music critic for eight million years and I've written stuff about critical stuff about bands that I think are really crappy, you know, and their fan base come after (laughs) me a little. Um, and it's, it's fun to have a, have some fun with that sometimes. Um, but yeah, I just,
0: but when it comes to weird, when it comes to sports and, and, and because we've, like you mentioned, we've seen this, uh, now with Colorado, we've seen, we've seen, Mark yeah. Kisla, we've seen we've seen uh, an an avalanche columnist of some sort write, write about this kind of thing. We saw this uh, yeah. against the Ducks a couple years ago with the the Orange County Register. I don't even remember who the writer was. Um, there was a guy, a couple different guys uh, with the Pittsburgh media. Uh, one of which said that the Predators, um. Game Ops was piping in uh, the, the the fan noise through the speakers. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a yeah, guy yeah. that wrote about uh, – well, then there was the, the other – now I can't even remember his name, but there's the guy that has the entire website devoted to just basically being a Pittsburgh troll, and he, he made <laughs> fun of Nashville. So h- here's my point. in When it comes to sports, in Nashville sports – I don't think that Nashville has a Mark Kisla or the Orange County Register guy. Like, I don't think we have that guy that's right. going out just, oh yeah, let's let's write a bunch of stuff about Winnipeg and make fun of uh, make fun of Canada. I mean, there's people on Twitter that right. do that kind of stuff. That's fine, but um, right. but I don't think we have that. And I think that says something about <laughs> who we are as a fan base. Yeah, I,
1: I think, and I think that's like, I mean, I, and I think like. Maybe there, maybe as we become more popular, maybe as our fan base kind of grows, maybe some of that will happen. But, and this is something I said on Twitter too, when that Mark Kisler thing was like getting tons of attention. Um, like I was, I, did, I just tweeted a little bit about how like, don't give attention to that. You know, like this is what he is craving like this is he's begging for you to click on it and he is begging for you to tweet him and retweet him and talk about him like that's what he wants don't reward that pay attention to like the local journalists and the local blogs that are working really hard and doing like good funny smart stuff you know um and uh and i think there are a lot of them like because we are such a passionate fan base there are a lot of websites like this you know like on the four check and so Block 303 has some stuff on Twitter and like mm-hmm. the Tennessean has good coverage. Um, of course the scene and the national post, I have to say, you know, like Beauclair <laughs> does an amazing job with like post game analysis I and,
0: agree.
1: Um, you know, and, and, and just like, give, give those people some love too, you know, like yeah. it's real easy to like hate on stuff and it's real easy to like get in fights on Twitter. Um, And I get it, but it's yeah. also like, don't forget to reward the people that are like, doing the good stuff
0: well i think um I and think, I,
1: yeah i don't think we have a hater in nashville because like we're busy having fun i think as a hockey franchise and a hockey team you yeah, know and as a fan base
0: i don't think you're gonna see joe like, Re- joe rex road write a a, 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 a smash piece on uh, winnipeg i mean unless it's like a response right, to something right. they write you know so right. uh, <laughs> yeah
1: exactly yeah so um, and it's just sort of like just don't don't feed the trolls you know yeah, like <laughs> exactly um, <laughs> We went away soon enough
0: <laughs> so yeah it uh it, it's i think it says a lot about nashville but it, you know all that's all that's past us now now with now the predators have this series coming up with winnipeg and um and there there's a lot to to think about with this series we just recently found out the the starting the first game is on friday we don't even know when the game two is because they're just releasing right. the uh i guess they're releasing the 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 game schedule for round two in like kind of a serial novel kind of way, like like Stephen King did with The Green Mile. It's just like, oh, we're the gonna new-
1: hide a clue in somewhere yeah. in Music City, and yeah. we're gonna all have to go on a scavenger hunt. Yeah, yeah, we
0: have to find out. We get to tune in next week where we find out when the next yeah. game is. So it's it's kind of stupid. We have to but- meet
1: Gary Bettman halfway across the pedestrian bridge. <laughs> we both have to carry red balloons.
0: He's if gonna we be- meet
1: him at noon on the pedestrian bridge. He'll whisper a game two time in <laughs> our ear. Yeah. I-
0: ask him for a cigarette. He'll hand you a piece of paper. He go down to the yeah uh, exactly yeah Yeah. (laughs) um so but but we do know it's winnipeg obviously and and starts friday night seven o'clock here in nashville um there's a lot being talked about with this winnipeg team and and because they they pretty much just barnstormed minnesota it wasn't even close i mean they lost one game but but other than that it was it was pretty much all winnipeg but here's the thing about this discussion about winnipeg that i want to get your take on so there's a lot of discussion about this being a bad matchup for nashville yeah. But I think there's a couple things going on here. First of all, it belies the actual record because Nashville went 3-1-1 and in five games against uh, against the Jets this year, uh, two yeah. of which did not include Ryan Ellis. The, the Early on in the year, they didn't right. have Ryan Ellis in the lineup. One of which didn't include Cali Yarncroke because Winnipeg, Right. Tried to kill him. Uh, and then <laughs> and there was one game yeah, that... We should,
1: J- so we're going to have to keep Cali in a little box off the
0: <laughs> No, exactly. <laughs>
1: just keep him safe.
0: Uh, and then I, I know the Jets had one game where they didn't have a full lineup either, but I think what's actually happening here is it's just the recency effect. It's it's what, we, what everyone just saw happen. The Jets looked crazy good, and Nashville looked to struggle against Colorado's speed, which the Jets have a lot of. I still think yeah. the matchup favors Nashville. I, I don't know what you think.
1: I'm super nervous, and I don't believe in making predictions because I'm often wrong, um, and so I don't want to be like, I think we got this because that's how I felt against the Avalanche, too, and I thought we'd do it in five games, and yeah. I forget that sometimes the Predators can still poop the bed. So um, <laughs> I think, like, watching the way the Jets played with with the Wild, like, you know, they didn't have Suter. He was out, broken leg. Freezy was out, broken sternum, I think, right? for, for part of it. So like the fact that they completely bulldozed to the wild, I don't think is indicative of much. And that doesn't make me nervous because that was kind of to be expected. Yeah. Um, And I know that our record is favorable against the wild or against, I'm sorry, against the jets, but like, they also, they're they the kind of team that, like, and you talked about it a little bit today in a blog post, I think, or whoever wrote the, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure if it was you, but on the forecheck, like, I look at the the series. Um, yeah, who, they're I, such I, a physical team, and they're mm-hmm. such a big team, and they're such a strong team. And they're, they're fast, too, at the same time. And the Preds, I think, like, I still haven't seen something from them, including Game 6, that makes me think that they're going full steam ahead yet and that doesn't concern me because I feel like the Preds also have a knack for playing to the level of the team that they're playing. Um, You know, like even if they were playing the coyotes, they don't like steamroll them seven to nothing, even Mm -hmm. though, you know, they could. Um, And I don't know if that's something they do on purpose, you know, to like save energy for the next game, or if that's just if they need somebody to push back to kick them into that next year. Um, And like, I think the Wild – or the, the Jets – I keep saying the Wild. It was just wishful thinking, I think, on my <laughs> part that it was going to be the Wild. Um, I think the Jets could absolutely, like, push those buttons. Um, but the fact that it's such a physical game and our penalties are still an issue, that makes me nervous. Yeah. Um,
0: so, actually, the the, it, the special teams, I, I think, favor Nashville. I really do. And now it's weird yeah, because yeah. – because going into the playoffs, Nashville had a special teams problem, but the penalty kill has been fantastic, and the Winnipeg yeah. the Winnipeg penalty Austin kill, Watson. and we got Austin we Watson. We got playoff
1: right. Austin Watson. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But Winnipeg, Winnipeg looks okay on the power. I mean, they always have a good power play. They've got great players, but
1: do they? I haven't looked at their their penalty and penalty kill and power play stats at all. I,
0: I mean, overall um, this year, it's been it's been getting good results. But the the advanced analytics suggest that underneath, just a, a one way of looking at it, the the, the penalty kill dead last in the amount of the amount of shot attempts they allow on the penalty kill. 31st in the league. So they allow a lot of shot attempts. I think they've been riding okay. some hot goaltending on, on the penalty kill in order to get where they've gotten this this far with that. I think the penalty kill is not right. that great. Um, I think that their power play is great because they have good players, but I think the, pre- yeah. the Predators have a chance to, uh, special teams-wise, be, be decent against them. But but the point remains, I, and I, I think I said earlier that the Predators uh, – or I don't know how I said it, but I I think I said something about the matchup favors Nashville. What I meant actually is that I think it's a pretty even matchup. It's actually a pretty even matchup. When you look at all of the pieces that each team has, it's not just tilted in favor of Winnipeg. Nashville has good players too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and we're, we're at, you know, like Yarncrock is back. Ellis is going to be here. Um, For the most part, I think everybody is looking mostly healthy. Um, I have some questions about tourists, uh, but Benino is looking really good. Um, like we still have a real deep lineup too. Like which makes me feel good. Like it's not like the last playoffs where it's like, oh cool, Fial is out and now Johansson's out <laughs> and now Ellis has something wrong with him, but we <laughs> right. don't know what. And like, like yeah. Fisher has a concussion. Like all of this stuff kept happening. James Neal so had a broken wrist like, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And so I think like, oh that's right. Yeah, like shattered hand. Um, I think that like the I think we're per- like our ability to perform is, is going to be there. I'm just nervous whether or not they, they can, I guess. And part of it is, I feel like, like to go back to being a Preds fan for the last 10 years or so, like I'm still not completely new or used to this. Yeah. Like I'm not used to a winning team. And I don't say that in a like, ha ha, the Preds have been losers forever, but just in a like, I know that this can go away at any minute. Like I remember sitting in Bridgestone during the game seven Sharks playoff game yep. where you're just like, Shay Weber, where did you go? Yeah. You know, like, um, we're just, we're all following I'm not this completely comfortable with victory. We're, <laughs> we're all following this
0: beautiful rainbow. And now we're just waiting for there to be nothing at the end of it. And, and
1: yeah, wait, yeah, exactly. <laughs> waiting
0: to be disappointed. Yeah. Uh, um, no, you're right. I don't
1: think, but I think they can do it though. Like I think, yeah, and I think you're right. And it's, it, I'm glad that you pointed out that, you know, that some of the um some of the stats are like leaning in the Pred's favor. And I think, you know, I think I think we can do it. But I just the the fact that like what is it, like eight million goals are scored in every Predator's Winner's game, yeah. that makes me nervous. I think it's I think um, it's eight million, yeah. Just, yeah, somewhere around <laughs> eight million, maybe eight million and three. Um, it just makes me so nervous for that much scoring and that much action. And I think to some extent with the abs, like the you know, the abs sort of lucked out like Hammond had a real good night. Um, and that's maybe what shut the predators down. But also the predators didn't play that well yeah. and like I'm not sure, like, what happens if that happens again. So, here, <laughs> if all that right, happens Megan. happens again against the the Jets, you know.
0: Okay, Megan. Here, here you go. Here's your here's your um, your 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 calming uh, tea yeah, that you me. can sip on and just know this to be true. Last year, okay. we thought that about like every step of the way. I, I at least I remember this. And so, here's what yeah. I think is is the really think the thing to rely on. Laviolette has done a great job of. Changing this team's line like kind of mindset going between series. So remember last year it was like they were dominating the Blackhawks and then here come the Blues with a totally different lineup and he adjusted it and it like you had a you had a new lineup. We we had like six games of uh of Cody McLeod playing like pretty good hockey. (laughs) And then and then in the Ducks when you lose Johansson, it's still like, you know what? here comes Colton Sissons and Laviolette just like finds this way of kind of adjusting the team. So in addition to, I think that on the, on the ice, our matchup looks okay. I think we've got the coaching matchup or the, the coaching uh, advantage as well. I really do. I think that Laviolette has done this before and he knows how to, how to prepare for this.
1: So that's true. Does that make you feel better or no? Yeah, it does make me feel better. And I think Hartnell, I think we're going to see Hartnell and Hartman because those guys are going to play the physical game that the Jets are going to want yeah. to to challenge the Preds with, I think. Um, So that, I think that'll be good. Or at least I want to see Hartnell in there. Um, I, I, he, He'll he try to knock them all out. You know, he can take Bufflin, uh, uh, like, I, I hope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and Tyler Myers, to a little bit. they're
0: going to get Toby Enstrom um, back, it sounds like. They, they, they've got some guys yeah. coming back. Now they do have a couple injuries, I think, that are important. I think... Uh well one actually this just happened today. Apparently at practice today. Connor Hellebuck uh got a slightly injured, had to in practice early. Uh, I don't know if there's really anything to that, but uh then the other oh. one is Nikolai Ehlers, their big speed guy who is uh I don't know how many goals he scored, probably a hundred. Uh he scored twenty nine yeah. goals. Uh and he okay. is he's been out and so That's less I, than a hundred. <laughs> that is less than a hundred. <laughs> um scored twenty nine goals. Um is that right? Yeah. Uh, anyways. And he's out. Well, he's, I think he missed the last game and he's doubtful or, or they don't know going into okay. the second round. So he's, he's maybe right. not okay. in. So he's like day to day. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one yeah. thing.
1: Yeah. And like everybody, I, I love like so many people on like social media are just talking about like us hockey fans. They're like, this is going to be amazing to watch. Cause these are like the top two teams. Um, and, and I get it. And I think it will be really amazing hockey to watch, but as a Predators fan, I am going to be losing my mind every, every night. I think. Yeah.
0: It's going to be um, hard to like, just have a lot of fun. But you're watching right. This. Like Labby
1: knows what he's doing. Um, and I, I, trust that he knows what he's doing and I trust that he knows, you know, who to play and who to sit and what to move around as far as the lines are concerned. Um, so that, that does, it feels good knowing that going into it.
0: Yeah. But, I yeah. think the goalie matchup uh, for the Predators um, I mean, there's no way you can say that it doesn't favor the Predators. I mean, but let's right. not let's not forget that Connor Hellebuck is also a, a Vesna trophy finalist. His yeah, season like Vesna
1: versus Vesna. Exactly, <laughs> I know.
0: I, I, his season against the Predators this year has not been good. He has an eight eighty two save percentage. He's given up fourteen goals at even strength uh, in five yeah. games. Not good numbers but, now, but Rene's numbers not great against the Jets either. I mean, he's, I was going to say
1: Haka yeah. isn't so good with the Jets. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's, so it's like bad, and then batter is is kind of what we're going to look yeah. at at goal. <laughs> we just need to be the bad end, not the batter end. So,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um uh, speaking of those finalists uh let, let's talk about that real quick so um Suban is a finalist for the Norris trophy Rene is a finalist for the Vezina I don't think there's any way that Vezina that Rene does not win the Vezina do you think Suban could uh contend for the Norris trophy what do you think
1: I don't um and frankly I'm surprised he made it um I think it's great I like PK um but I am kind of surprised because he's he's done a lot of good this season but he's also been a little like he's been unpredictable. And, and, you know, that's something that, uh, that, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I don't see that happening. I'd love to see it happen. Um, I'm surprised it wasn't Yossi, um, to be honest. Uh, cause I, I would have, I would have picked Yossi over PK. Um, but uh, it'd be great to see
0: him win it. Yeah, i I think that's, I think that's, what hurt yeah, him, you know, I'm, I think what hurt him the most is the uh, is is the kind of drop off in in scoring that happened. Like he he scored a bunch of goals yeah. early, and then he. So that's about the only thing. I do think that he's been defensively the the, the better of the of the. On on the Predators, I think he's been better defensively, but I don't think that he has a chance to win it over Hedman or Dowdy. I think it's probably Dowdy's to yeah, lose. Yeah, I don't
1: think so. I think it's going to be Dowdy. Yeah. Um. So you know, and he could he could use that. He just got swept out of the the playoffs, so throw him that <laughs> bone.
0: Yeah, he, he he he's going to win another Norris Trophy. He probably doesn't need to win. Um, yeah. All right, so uh, good stuff. Um, I, I do want to talk about one thing before we conclude. We've we've ca- covered a lot here, and I know that there's uh um probably plenty more we could cover uh but
1: I, I if you want to talk about Victor Arvidsson being a red panda because oh. we could go deep <laughs> into that
0: yes we could we still need to have we do need to have a discussion about uh, about the rv spelling i know that you you feel passionately about <laughs> about the i <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but to be honest we very might pro i we might have to just like table that because that might take a while uh i'm, I'm yeah, very yeah. pro you need to get rv on the show is what you need to do yeah. you need
1: to take that straight to rv yeah he seems uh, i only have speculation too so
0: <laughs> right uh, Which do you
1: prefer i or Y? and he'd just be like i don't care i
0: don't care right exactly, <laughs>
1: exactly what he said
0: yeah like did i score i don't know um yeah. so but I, what I actually want to talk about is is something that happened over the over the weekend uh, via social media. Mm-hmm. You you tweeted about uh, something that that really caught my attention, um, and it's something that that I think is relevant to a lot more Predators fans than people think, um, because yeah. there there is a significant portion of the Predators fan base that is that is that are women. And uh, yeah. I'll I'll let you kind of explain um, where this is right now because you just told me before we came on here some some news about this as well. So I'll let you take the floor and you you kind of explain what happened and maybe uh, the uh, I don't know conclusion of this. Uh, so so what what exactly happened?
1: Well, the so how it began. Um, first of all, I'm a woman. Um, and so okay. I am not new to, I am not new to sexism. Um, so it's been happening. Um, I've been watching it for 37 years. If you want to go all the way back. Uh, no, but after the, uh, after the game on Friday, I was driving home real crappy game. I think as everybody knows, uh, but I was listening to one Oh two five, the game. Um, I always listened to their post show uh, or post game show. I'm a big, big fan of, of what they do usually. And, um, and it was Hal Gill actually, who said, um, they were talking about how well Gerard was playing that, that night. Um, and, and Hal Gill had said that he passed the wife test and then went on to explain that the wife test is, is what they call it in hockey. You know, when a man is, 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 sitting on the couch watching a game and his wife comes in and joins him and uh, and sits down and and is like, oh, hey, that guy's good. Um, you know, because generally women know nothing about hockey and can only recognize talent when it's very blatant, you know, um, is how it came off to me. Mm-hmm. And um and so that was paired with the Um, You know, and he just he said it and they just kind of laughed and moved on. It was just a, you know, an off the cuff sort of thing. Um, But earlier in the week, you probably saw the video of that little girl that was ignored um, by the adult man doling out the pucks um, during a a warm up game. Um, Like I think it was uh, Conley. Um, Mm hmm. Who yeah. Brett Conley kept trying to like he saw her through the glass and was like, hey, here's a puck and tossed it over the ice and a, a, and a grown man caught it and then gave it to the little boy next to her and then did that again and gave it to another little boy next to her. <laughs> and then Brett Conley is like banging on the glass, like give it to the little girl, you know, um, and people passed that around is like, you know, pay attention to this, like give girls the puck like this is important. Um, and that got a lot of really good reaction from people. And so when I heard that sort of off the cuff like wife test comment, I was like, "Well, wait, why are we like so defensive over like make sure the little girl gets the puck, but then once, you know, she grows up to be a woman, we're like, mm, you don't know that much about hockey." Right, you know, right. is sort of how it struck me. Um and just, you know, I've been I've been following hockey for a long time I've been a writer for a long time Um, I've heard every sexist comment you could ever hear Um, and if you have you know like friends who identify as female ask them how often they deal with sexism it's going to be a lot more often than you think Um, so I think it was just like all of that kind of thrown together in a blender where I was just like wait a minute I'm a wife like don't say don't don't imply <laughs> that I only notice when something is is obvious you know um and so I just I decided to tweet about it because I know that I'm not the only one out there um and ever since like starting the the it's all your fault podcast I have connected with so many other women who were like thank you for being a woman who talks about hockey um and like it, you know, they just, they were like, we need more of them. And and the press actually do a really good job. They have Lindsay Rowling and they have Kara Hammer. And, um, I know there are other women on the staff too, that run like social media stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I just, I just felt like it was important to remind people that even if there is not negative intent behind those comments, they can still feel belittling, um, or demeaning uh, or dismissive, um, so yeah. hopefully the tweets came off that way and less like raging feminist rant. Um, no, which I-, I also love to do sometimes. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. But, um, um, but yeah, like just just to remind people, like when you say like be a man or, or like grow a pair as though like male masculinity is the only way in which to be a tough, successful, smart hockey fan or whatever.
0: Right, um, right. It
1: just sucks to hear that, you yeah. know. And, and um, I was
0: I was really happy to see, uh, of course, we shared it, but I, I think it, it got a lot of support. And I think you saw a huge outpouring of, of folks who were not okay with that as well. And I think that yeah, that support possibly led to maybe a, a response. Is that what you, you, you got a response in, in a way?
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Actually today. um, So this is Tuesday. um, Hal Gill reached out to me and um, and said, you know, he was the one who said it and um, and and wanted to uh, apologize for it. And so I talked to him earlier today. Um, He was so nice and understanding about it. Um, And he really did seem like sincerely concerned that it, it came off the way that it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was, and so he apologized for that and recognized, you know, how it could be interpreted like that. And of course explained, like, that is not how he intended it to be, you know, he, you know, he, obviously he, it was not malicious. It was not, right. he was not trying to discredit women and pointed out that he has daughters and he has a wife who has been with him through his hockey career. She knows of course, tons about hockey. <laughs> um, like when you're married to a, a Stanley cup winner, you're going to learn some things about hockey. Um, and uh, and yeah, I just think that, um, so I, I appreciate that he, you know, that he did that too, that he reached out and, and apologized and um, and it, it felt like the kind of apology too, where it's not like, oh, your publicist made you do that, huh? You know? Yeah. Because um, sometimes like somebody will put their foot in, the mou- in their mouth and then be like, well, I'm sorry you got offended. I didn't mean it like that. I was just um, going to say, and, like,
0: we, we live in a world, I don't want to get too political or anything. I, I, I'm not, I'm not that. No, bring it
1: on. Let's do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, I was just gonna say, we live in a world where where people love to double down on on bad takes, yeah. and yeah, I, I mean, and, and and actually, this is apolitical because this is in hockey too. I mean, we have there are there are people in the hockey Twitter world who just are just gonna keep doubling down on these on these takes that are just either obviously wrong or offensive, yeah. or ha- or have no no basis in reality, and uh, and so it it is good to hear that 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 um, in response to that and in response to hearing what it sounded like to other people that Hal Gill would uh would respond in that way. So I'm I'm glad to hear that. But uh Yeah, it, yeah again, I was
1: too I was surprised. Yeah.
0: So yeah, again I, I, I just wanted to, people to
1: getting defensive. <laughs> right, exactly.
0: <laughs> uh I just wanted to bring it up because I think people some people might have seen that and uh and give you a chance to to say it. And obviously I know you're probably gonna talk about it on your next podcast, which is called It's yep. All Your Fault. And it's uh
1: It's just... all your fault. <laughs> you have to say it like that. You have to say it like the chant.
0: Well, yeah. Okay. All no, right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, and it's, uh, obviously you can find that on the Nashville scene, um, dot com. Or yeah. uh, is it on Stitcher or iTunes or
1: it's on, yeah, we are on Stitcher and iTunes and, um, Spreaker is what we publish it through. Um, I am hoping to get on Spotify soon. Um, you can tell I'm very good at my own publicity. <laughs> um, And, uh, and yeah, but if you go to Nashville we're on there and then it should be pretty much anywhere you find, you know, your favorite, your favorite podcasts awesome Um, and david beauclair is super smart too it's not just me babbling about red pandas i promise man he he is he is a
0: very smart guy and a great writer and he is um, a
1: stat machine too like you could say like who was the number 36 draft pick in 1975 and he'd be like oh it was this guy and he went on to do this and yeah yeah encyclopedia that man
0: very good stuff uh and uh I'm gonna listen to your most recent episode where you interviewed the the Stanley Cup guy or something, right? I just saw this. Yeah,
1: yeah. We got the keeper of the cup. Awesome. Um he has some good stories. His name is Mike Bolt and he spends like almost two hundred and fifty days a year traveling with the Stanley Cup. Nice. Which is like
0: it's a good it's life. Both a
1: dream come true, but also a nightmare. Because I'm a little bit of an introvert, so that sounds exhausting to me. <laughs> I would just be like, when do I get to go home and watch Netflix? Do I <laughs> right. have to have to go to I have to go to, to, to Lemieux's house now? Okay, fine. Like it's just like
0: yeah, that's true. Sounds
1: exhausting, but that's right. Yeah, but he was he was a cool guy to talk to.
0: Uh well, Megan, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on. I, I we went a little long. Hopefully, you're not m- m- missing anything important. But uh, I appreciate your time.
1: No, there's no hockey games on tonight. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was Ab-
0: fun. Absolutely. We'll uh, we'll have to do this again, and uh, hopefully the Predators can pull out a win. Um, if you've enjoyed this show and you want to subscribe, we have a Patreon, patreon.com, or not subscribe, but if you want to contribute, uh, patreon.com slash the Fortech podcast, you can contribute there. The show will always be 100% free, but if you'd like to help make it even better, uh, you can contribute there. So uh, we will see you next time.